The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd, and joining me is my good pal, Mr. Jason Kupsik. What's cracking? I'm a little thrown off. Why is that? <laughs> Why, well, even though I don't really like it when you call me doctor, sometimes <laughs> I expect it. The good doctor. And you didn't, so... The good doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. You know... I just, I don't know, man. I thought I would, uh, you know, take it easy on you. Just a little bit. I mean, not much, but, you know, just yeah. just a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a total dick, am I? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's right. See, we just need to open the fucking <laughs> show with this. This is what we need. We could just do this all fucking day. All day. The longest fucking intro. That's what's up. Coop sick! So here's the deal. <laughs> like, I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna come up with some alternate lyrics to that. Oh yeah, you're gonna. You. You. If you do that, you have to record the whole thing yourself. Here's the deal. I think what I'm going to do um, is on the 20th of May when we're doing the oh, yeah. uh, Dustin Perry, KJ McCormick event uh, in Malvern. I think what I'm going to do is just bring my bring my guitar uh-huh. and uh, maybe do the reveal there. You know what I'm saying? Like that room, that you know that uh, that giant room that we have yes. there, um, the big wooden room or whatever, the lobby area is what we call it. Uh, I mean, the acoustics are fucking phenomenal in that room, so I think it'd be the perfect venue to uh, to unveil that. What uh, what say you, my friend? <laughs> Uh, like, sounds good to me. Yeah, you're like, I'll be outside. <laughs> YouTube content. Yeah, I'll go hey. outside. Like, yeah. So what's new, man? <laughs> um, I'm finally getting up there this weekend. Yeah, you are, baby. Two days from when we're recording tomorrow for people listening on Friday. That's what's up. I'm excited, and I think my friend Brad is coming with me. Really. I haven't seen yeah, have Brad. Have you met Brad? What? Are you fucking me in the ass right now? Yeah, I know Brad. I couldn't remember. He likes to disappear from time to time. I know. So sometimes I know. he's gone for months and literally months. So Now, was not... Oh, well, no, wait. Wasn't Brad... No, he was not at the KC Paracon this last year. 
No, he wasn't at my birthday um, either. Nope, and he wasn't there. Um, man, it has been a very long time since I hung with with Brad. Man, it's been a while. But no, I have met him. I mean, I, I know him. I think we're. I guess uh, he, he we're might pals. have been there the I first th- year you came to the conference. He definitely was uh, because we did that investigation uh, the night before. Uh, with all of us and uh, our good buddy Spurrier was there. As oh well. yeah, Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw Spurrier today. What? He called. Or he sent me a message this morning. And what the balls? I don't have much to do right now. I went down to the 1858 Garnett House again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With him all afternoon and nice. Did a few more sessions and stuff, and just generally hung out. So. Did you guys uh, record anything? I did. Uh, I set up my GoPro the whole time, moved it around while we were there, and nice. ran my recorder a few times before it nice. died. I oh, got yeah. about an hour's worth of audio, probably, to go over. Hey, whatever. And that's... Fuck. I can't wait to get there, man. We need to... We uh, need he to was talking there. about... They have it... Well, I... Justin himself hasn't done a formal investigation there yet, so maybe we really? can talk him into doing uh, Ectoplasm 1. Shit, wouldn't that be fun? I, I know somebody that's gone in there and investigated, but I can't say who yet. That's cool. That's cool. That's time, not me. Time will tell. Time will tell. So what else is going on, brother? Same old shit. I've been working on the Patreon. What do you think of it so far? You I'm know not what? Release any info yet? No, not but, yet. But I tell. I will say this about the whole Patreon. I only got a page. couple things on there so far, but dude, like I will say this though, it. Looks good. The concept is outstanding. <laughs> it is like I'm, I'm excited for this to actually start. And here we are at episode 197. Um, we're going to be recording our 200th episode literally on on Saturday. Um, so it's it's kind of weird to say this, but yeah, the 200th episode will be recorded before <laughs> 198, 199. Um, but still, it's 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 gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great time doing it. Um, yeah, About a week and a half until it comes out. I'm stoked though. I am stoked to finally be able to do this, be a part of it. Um, hell yeah, man! I can say that the Patreon is a true secret society. Yeah, one that for I'm making, sure. The one that I'm making, not one that's already existing. Right, right. And it is legit. Like that is no lie. That is legit. I talked to Mr. Mike Diamond today, and oh, they are sending some Paranormal Warehouse gear to <gasps> give away to our Patreon, to no Patreon members. No way. Seriously. Oh, that's so amazing. Love those guys. Fucking love those guys. I uh, get to go have dinner with Mike Diamond yeah, at what, the like, end of this month. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, just a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dick, man. Just a <laughs> dick move. Ugh. I love Mike. Love Mike Diamond. God damn it. Yeah. Fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. He just got back from California. He yeah. California. I, uh, so I was dicking around the other day um, with some 360 video, right? And it was Monday. I had Monday off of work. So I decided to fuck around a little bit. Um, with this 360 camera that I have, um, it's really, really cool. But it gives you the option now, um, which is so funny because Mike and I were talking about this. And we're like, oh, we can only go live 
360, we could go live, um, but it's only available on YouTube. And so him and I were talking about this and kind of going back and forth and kind of ho-humming about it, you know, like, son of a bitch, you know. Literally two days later, the camera comes out with an update, making it able to then go live on Facebook. And since then, they've had, like, three other updates, like, trying to un unfuck everything that's going on with it. Um, so, like, Is there when problems you, with it? Very, very specific uh, questions were answered for me today. Uh, because, like, this update that just hit today, it said fixing issues when people are panning, you know, left and right with the, with the camera, um, it makes the video choppy. And I'm like, oh... Well, that was part of what was going on. The other part was the I had the bit rate set too high. You know what I mean? Oh, it was yeah. way too high. Um, but, yeah, we're getting there. You know, we're getting there. So, eventually, very, very soon, I'm very excited to say that we will be able to not only do a few things with, like, Ectoplasm Show 360, but also live investigations will in it 300... Be available? 360 and ready degrees. Saturday. It very well could be. I don't see why not. So yeah, I didn't I think mean we, to interrupt. I want no, you to finish. I, no, that was, that was the last thing I was going to say. We're going to be able to do a 360 degree ghost hunt. Literally, people are going to be able to look up, down, left, right, uh, wherever. Unfortunately, one of our faces, most likely yours, is going to be in the shot somewhere. They have yeah. to look at you. Yeah, because I'm going to be basically holding <laughs> said camera. Now, they don't have to look at me. That's the best no, part. They, don't have they to. can they can switch it around so then they can I mean, they can look wherever they want. And so if you're on a, a tablet or a phone, it uses the uh gyroscope, is that correct? Yeah, that's um I've seen people like literally sitting there and going like this. Yeah. I mean, I know that people can't see what's on the really show, but they're like they're like uh, spinning around looking at all the like I tell you what though what's really really cool and I think um, you get a pair of those uh, those uh, goggles that basically you fit your phone into mm-hmm. 360 degree videos wearing them some bitches is phenomenal it is so much fun um, I'm and actually I, going to be if not probably beginning of May yeah upgrading my phone to the Galaxy S8 Plus. That means and nothing I think, to me. That means nothing to me. Is that good? Okay, so it's the most recent <laughs> yeah. Galaxy phone, I'm and it's the bigger you. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it comes with... Well, right now, it may change so, by then. Yeah. If you do it a certain way, it comes with the VR headset. Hell yes. Dude, there's so Which much. Which I've fun. never done that before. I'm going to I'm gonna bring mine on Saturday. On before. I'm going to bring mine on Saturday for you to fuck with. It's so much fun. Like, it's great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Josh is frozen. I don't know if he can hear me. You can't hear me at all? Oh, dick liquor. Come Damn on, it, man. Damn it, Josh. Here, I shut the video off. Is that better? Can you hear me at all? Dirty fox. Why does it do this to me, Koopsick? Hey, I'm here. Hey, can you hear me? I can now. Hey, buddy. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> I turned the video off. I figured that might help a little bit. 
You still hear me? Yeah, sorry. I was. No, you're um, fine. You're being on this one. <laughs> no, I was responding to David. Oh, cool. Hey, um, real quick. Um, me dicking around with the uh, Podbean app a little bit here. Uh, I noticed the other day we got a new comment um, on Podbean. And this says, uh, been list- this from uh, David 78 Will. This happened a day ago. He says, I've been listening to these guys for a whole uh, for a while now. I uh, love their material. Both very professional uh, with their research that they do and also at a good level of uh, morale and banter. That's fucking badass. Highly recommend this podcast. Certainly my favorite to listen to. Uh, Josh has also done some documentaries, which are also very interesting and compelling. Thank you very much for that. That means a lot. I like that. That means a lot to me. Oh, man. So, yeah. Not even realizing this up until, what, just a week or two ago that we could get comments and things like that on Podbean. Now I'm getting notifications when those come through. So that's good news. Good news. So are you ready to dive into this fun stuff? Yeah. All right. So I got to tell you, this this subject comes um, kind of recommended uh, from a, a friend. And uh, I was actually, I was lucky enough to meet uh, our friend here. Uh, her name is Peggy. And uh, her husband, John, uh, they're from the, the Maryville Missouri area and so when we were doing uh, the screening of A Brush with Evil there um, they were they were a couple of the VIPs that we had. Oh okay. They were some of the VIP uh, ticket holders that came to that event. So we got to hang out with them um, a little bit before um, obviously they got you know the best seats in the house and then afterwards we all went to Workman's Chapel, investigated that but it was really cool because at first, I thought they, they must think I'm a fucking idiot, you know, or a weirdo or something. Um, and so I I tend to sometimes, like, distance myself from people, and it's not because I'm trying to be a dick. Um, it's just I think sometimes I'm socially awkward. And these people, uh, Peggy and John, were super nice. It was kind of cold outside, and I was smoking a cigarette, and they're like, dude, get in here. And they, like, opened up their car and, like, had me come into their car. And they were smoking, too. So we were just sitting there puffing away, having a great time. Like, had great conversations and all that stuff. But then hung out for another hour or so with them. I mean, super awesome people. That is for sure. But uh, this subject, uh, we got a message from Peggy. Uh, What, last week? Is that right, bud? Or was it this week? I think it was this week. Well, she was on the live chat. That's right. uh, The live broadcast on... Uh, Paranormal Warehouse, well, yeah. the Facebook page. So. Yeah, absolutely. But she recommended um, she that was asking this. about the spook light in there. Yeah, and so she wanted us to speak on uh, like the Joplin spook light, correct? Like specifically the Joplin spook light. Yes, I so, wanted to bring up something first, and then we'll do Joplin spook light okay, first. But yeah. I wanted a basic, uh, bring up a basic spook light term and some of the stuff and then get into the more localized ones let's do it um but first i wanted to say that i can't help it but 
one of my favorite shows used to be, and it's still one of my favorite shows, but at one point it was my favorite show, was King of the Hill. Oh, hell yeah, and dude. Peggy on there. That's all I could think of whenever I hear the word or the name or the Peggy. The name Peggy? <laughs> I wonder if she's anything like Peggy Hill. She is nothing like Peggy Hill. <laughs> she's much cooler than Peggy Hill. She doesn't have size 13 feet? No, no, size 13 <laughs> feet. Oh, my God. That is, oh. She was a teacher, right? Peggy Hill on the show was a she teacher. She was a substitute Spanish teacher and not very good at it. Right. And then one day she had to say the word penis. And she, she was, was doing teaching an, uh, a sex she ed. Got, so, yeah, I, okay, I'll, I'll set this up and then you can get to the thing. Um, so Dale threatened the <laughs> sex ed teacher through a phone call. So they found a substitute teacher, which happened to be Peggy Hill, to nice. go in and do sex ed. <laughs> that is the best, because then she's trying to come to terms with the fact that she has to say the word penis. And so what she does is she's, like, staring into a mirror. <laughs> she says, happiness. And then she says, happiness. Ha-penis. And she's getting, like, louder and louder and louder. <laughs> As she's doing this. And then she's so stoked about the fact that she finally said the word penis. And she's feeling fairly comfortable with it now. And in walks Hank, right? He's like, she's like, did Actually, you hear that? And he's like, yeah, the whole neighborhood yells, heard that. Is that she yeah, she's like screaming it. it. I mean, and they're keeps, all standing out in the yeah. alley and hear her yelling it. And they spit out their beer. <laughs> He's like, the whole neighborhood heard that filth coming out of yeah. your mouth. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I have, like, the first <laughs> six or seven seasons of that on DVD. It's such a great and show. It's it's so much more. It's funny, but it's oh. so much. It's actually so much more complex. Sure. And shit in that. I mean, it's. Oh, God. It's the same guy that made. Um, Beavis and Butthead, yeah. I know there's another, yeah. you know, people think that's a stupid show too, but... Whatever. I think Mike Judge, he made Office Space, for Christ's sake. Absolutely. That's a piece of Americana right there. Anyways, let's get back to the topic here. <laughs> I can talk about King of the Hill all night long. Oh my gosh, man. So, um, probably one of the older oldest terms for the ghost light is willow the wisp oh have you heard that term before? no i have not this is all new to me that's awesome yeah uh okay. willow the wisp or ignis fatis it means uh fat both rock mean medieval or medieval latin for foolish fire foolish fire um, is an huh. atmospheric ghost light seen by travelers at night, especially over bogs, swamps, or marshes. Right. It resembles a flickering lamp and is said to recede if approached. Now, what's interesting about this is like going out, like being in Joplin, just when the fuck did I go there? It was late 2016. Yeah. It was well, the fall. It was, was it fall. after the conference last year? It was. It was the fall of uh, 2016. Went there. Uh, I remember I was just getting over some nasty sickness or whatever, but went out with uh, with our pal uh, David and John. 
Oh, that's right. You did yep. go out there. We went out there. I did a uh, kind of a live broadcast um, from the Joplin Spooklight Road, uh, which was so fascinating to me because I'd read about it. I'd seen a few things on, on like television and shit you like that. You heard a little bit about, about and it from then, me. I heard a lot about it uh, from you. But like, it was just cool to finally be there. What was interesting to me is I'm trying to think, like, what the hell... What could cause this? The entire time I'm thinking, what the hell could cause this? You know, at one point, I saw something. I mean, there were many points that I saw something. And I got in my car, and I hauled ass towards it. You know what I mean? Like, I got, like, I don't even remember how far away I was getting. And I could still see it, still see it, and then it was gone. Nothing. Nothing. Like, it was so mysterious um, in a really, really cool way. God, I don't even remember what episode that was, like, that we did that. But I think it's just called Joplin Spooklight. Um, but, yeah, you can go back and listen to that, too. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. It really is. Now, um, were there any stoners out there? <laughs> just Wait. This was... Uh, Sherman Williams don't have shit on this. That is actual footage right there, ladies and gentlemen, from the time we were talking about the spook light. Um, and yeah, uh, Jason was talking to uh, a couple stoner buddies. Or not buddies, they were just there, weren't they? Yeah, they happened to be out there. And apparently this kid was just completely stony baloney blitzed out of his gourd and uh, utters this lovely phrase. Sherman Williams don't have shit on this. Just amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> and that's where that sound clip came from, guys. I mean, that's it right there. Back to the roots. Back to the yeah, roots. Yeah, we went out there. I so wish Crazy Legs could have went with me, uh, <laughs> us. But he, we didn't have this uh, case of beer for him right, to take us out there right. at the time. I didn't, uh, I didn't bring any booze <clears throat> with me as well when when we went out there. So. You know, Crazy Legs, um, his claim to fame, it even yeah. had it on his business card yeah. that he was the inspiration for Mater from Cars. Right. <laughs> because he was the unofficial, <sighs> official mascot of, or whatever, of Route 66. <laughs> There's actually a truck down there, I think, Sorry. In Galena, it's near the the Galena uh, brothel or whatever that is down there. Okay, that looks like Mater. And huh. have you ever seen the short film of Mater with the light chasing him, but it's just a lantern on his back? I don't know. I don't it's think, a short film. Yeah, I don't think I have though. It was attached to some other right. Pixar does a lot of that shit. Pixar movies. Yeah. Like, I remember it was on my, one of my daughter's films, but that is right. inspired by the Joplin Spooklight Get directly. Get the fuck out of here. Because they, you know, they went through that area to get inspiration for the filming of part of Cars because it's wow. a small town that gets passed by a bigger route highway. And It's amazing. It's freaking amazing. So maybe so uh, even Mater, even Mater, <laughs> believes in the spook light. So maybe uh, Crazy Legs was actually the inspiration. 
Yeah, he's probably not alive anymore, honestly. You think he's, think he's tats up? He was in very poor health, oh, probably, oh, under the influence of something, and very, oh, very racist. Oh, man. Just old man racist. God you know, bless Southern him. Southern Missouri. Yeah, yeah. One of those, oh, it's not me, it's how I was raised type of people. Yeah, got it. Probably. <laughs> got I it. I mean, I don't even think he realized it, so... <laughs> Oh, man. So, some of the uh, folk belief attributes the phenomenon to fairies or elemental spirits, even, uh, explicitly in the term hobby lanterns found in the 19th century denim tracks, rigs. A dictionary of fairies provides an extensive list of other names for the same phenomenon. Huh. Though the place where they were observed, uh, graveyard bogs, etc., influences the name considerably. So they're named different things depending on where they are seen in the environment. That makes sense. At least in the old school texts from like 18, late 1800s. Damn. It's pretty impressive. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything... So let's get into the rest of that is just um, historic right, tales. Right. And let's get into more of the ones still seen today. Okay, and yeah. First, bring up the, the spook light. Um, yes. Which spook light is used in a lot of areas, but specifically, even on Wikipedia, they have spook light down as the one outside yeah. of Joplin. Right, right. Um, so the spook light, also called the Hornet light, Hollis light, and Joplin spook light, huh. I think we may have lost you. I think we lost Kubzik. Can you hear me now? There he is, hey buddy. <laughs> you know, folks, this I, I I gotta tell you, we have the highest production value. <laughs> of any podcast that you're gonna find, I swear. To Anyways, would you lose me? Uh, you were just talking about uh, the three separate names. It was called this. It's called that. And then the last one you said was oh, Joplin okay. Spook Light. Yeah, and it is a light that appears in a small area known locally as the Devil's Promenade. Yeah, buddy. on the border between southern Missouri or southwestern Missouri and northeastern Oklahoma. Yeah. West of the small town of Hornet, Missouri. This is a great town. Uh, even though it is named after a small, unincorporated community in Missouri from which it is most like or most commonly reached, the light is most commonly described as being visible from inside the Oklahoma border, looking to the west. See, when I went out there, I yeah. was in the Missouri side looking to right. the east. Is that where you That's went? That's exactly where I was. Yes. So maybe we were on the wrong side of the border. But you did say you saw something. I, I didn't see anything that I thought. Oh, that stoner sure did, but... Yeah, I bet he saw a soldier shit. Like, <laughs> I definitely saw something. Now, it was really cool because uh, David and John, obviously, they had both had experiences out there <clears throat> now so they took me you know obviously to the main road where it's seen uh, 
predominantly. All right, let me people. ask you this to and know then, if this is the same spot. At the end of this road, it's not at the end of this road, but if you look down this road and off to the east, across the hills, was there a big tower, yes. like a radio tower? Yes. Okay, yeah, we yes. were on the same road then. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, very interesting. So, obviously, I was um, not looking at the radio tower, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well... I know what that is, um, but it was really cool because, like I said, they had both had their own experiences out there, and so they were kind of taking me around to different areas. Um, one of the areas was, God, man, it was basically like this dirt road surrounded by cornfield. You know, it was freaking awesome. Um, very, very cool. Creepy as hell, though, and a lot of people, surprisingly, there was more traffic on that on that uh, broken down fucking road than I thought than I thought there'd be uh, and I don't know if people were just out like booze cruising or if they were you know actively looking for the same thing we were I think that well this was 2011 when I was out there probably sure and the majority of what we saw were all young kids like probably high school just oh. out of high school and they okay. were all, they were all either drunk or stoned or yeah. or whatnot or yeah. or you know they uh were doing something in their car that we didn't want to walk up on sinners <laughs> <clears throat> damn it so okay so the spook light is commonly described as a single ball of light or a tight grouping of lights that has appeared to be or said to appear in the area regularly, usually at night. Although the description of the light is similar to that of other visual phenomena witnessed throughout the world, the term spook light, when standing alone, generally refers to this specific case. Yeah. Uh, numerous legends exist that attempt to describe the origin of the spook light one of which involves the ghosts of two young Native American lovers looking for each other. In 2014, a professor from the University of Central Oklahoma conducted an experiment. I remember him doing this. They did it for the National Geographic Channel, I think. Yeah, we uh, we talked about this, yeah. Yeah, and explained the spook light as car headlights from the junction of South or S610 and East or E. 50 roads outside of Quapaw, Oklahoma. You know, I will say this. Like, what I personally saw out there was not a pair of fucking headlights. It was not a headlamp. It wasn't anything like that. It was... I can't even describe it. (laughs) I don't even know what to say or how to put this into words. I have no idea, but it certainly was not that. Did I lose you? I again? mean, okay. No, I'm <laughs> like, here. I'm I, thinking. I didn't see it, and I'm sure that, you know, I, I would. I honestly think there probably is stuff like this, and I, I'm not trying to discount any of it. Right. But light does travel in weird ways, and it breaks up over. Oh. Could there? Could there be something? Ref- Refracting the light in a way that makes it look not like a headlight. I mean, it's so possible, but at the same time, what 
would be that source of refraction? What would do that? Um, in that area, you know what I'm saying? Like in that specific area, what would cause that? Uh, I don't know. That's I what I'm just... saying. Like I, I was, I was actively looking for shit. Um, like sound, sound is something that it travels in such weird sure. ways, and the slightest thing can make it different. Or absolutely, I mean, just for example, I go down to the river a lot here. Yeah. yeah. The way the river, you know, the way the river is, is basically a sound tunnel. Yes. There could be something across, you know, a few miles away that makes a sound. And even people in between, if they're not on the river, say, say, because the river's not a straight line, say a straight line from where the sound emanates, mm -hmm. somebody on the land in between the river could, might not hear it, but the way it travels around, Bingo. I could hear it farther down the river because it follows a path. Yep. Uh, I was just playing this to somebody the other day. Light, though, light, well, light can bend, but generally it doesn't. Um, yeah. There there could be some weird things that we don't even know about. Obviously, I mean, it's all paranormal stuff. Technically, that is sure. the right word because we don't know. Absolutely. I don't know if I necessarily think it's a spirit, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There's probably a natural explanation for okay. it that we don't know. Okay, so what you're saying or suggesting is that it's most likely not something uh, intelligent. Probably not. More. It's probably a phenomenon we. Okay. That's. Um, well, and that's what's so have, interesting in opinion, about it. Because, so. I mean, that's what's interesting about it. That's the draw. Is it happens all the time. I mean, literally, they there are people that say they have seen this, you know, every single night for, for weeks. You know, they've gone well, out there. You saw it in a shit. distance, and a lot of people see it in a distance. Correct. But I, even that night that we were there, yes, we went with somebody, and I don't remember who it was that had seen it before. And I and I've read other stories where it actually physically moved across the field, yes. went into their car, yes. went out the other window, and then stayed in the field next to them. John had a very interesting story, and I'm not going to get into it here. I'm not going to get into it here. If you guys go back and listen to that episode. Of uh, I, God damn it! I think it's just called Joplin Spooklight. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but we were on tour with A Brush with Evil Two, and directly after one of the screenings there, that's when David and John took me out there. Now John tells a fascinating story about being out there, and basically what happened was like he was like necking with a chick. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a really cool story. But like, um, yeah, you got to check that out. Because he had a very, very similar experience. The damn thing was in the car. You know? It just... Yeah. I just um, see, like... I'm just trying to imagine. There are these lights all over the country, too. That's I what mean, I'm saying. Let's get into some more, too. Like, tell us uh, um, a few other places. Uh, I'm, first, I'm going to mention a few more things about the spook light. Okay. When we finish the spook light, let's take a break, and then we'll go through the other ones, so... You're so smart. <laughs> so the some of the history according to most accounts it has appeared continually since the late 19th century which would right you know rule out vehicles uh cars headlights specifically i mean sure. it could be i mean they had lights of course then and they had electricity then but vehicle cars themselves 
wouldn't have been a regular thing for sure. No, absolutely not. Uh, says, although it was generally not well known to anyone but locals until after World War II, yeah. uh, some date the first encounters with the light back to the Trail of Tears in the yeah. 1830s. However, the first documented sighting is generally accepted to have occurred in 1881, although some reported sightings go back as far as 1866. The earliest published report dates back to 1936 in the Kansas City Star. I, wonder, I bet I could find that article. I bet you could. I, mean, I just have to go to their archives here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in 1946, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers supposedly studied the Hornet light. Right. Could not find a cause for it. In other words, it was a mysterious light of unknown origin is what they classified it as. This is the Army Corps of Engineers. I mean, come on. They can't explain it. Yeah. That's Uh, impressive. Yeah. During the 1960s, there was a general store, and I also heard about this from somebody out there. And Hornet, Hornet that gave out information about the light to sightseers. It include or included a spook light museum. I wonder yep. what happened to all the stuff that the, was in it, that museum. <clears throat> Apparently, that stuff was uh, torn down. David and John get into that as well in that episode. But like, um, apparently, what <laughs> this guy would do was there's a stored museum and all that stuff downstairs, and then you could go upstairs to like this, uh, basically like the roof, you know, and. Uh, you could pay, and you can go up there, and then you can watch, um, watch for the spook light from up top. Get a better vantage point, you know, and uh, really, really look for it. Uh, people did that shit like all the time. Like that was the yeah, thing. Yeah, it says to do. that uh, during the 1960s and 70s, the roads where the spook light usually appears were often packed parked vehicles and people hoping Just to glimpse the mysterious light. So, amazing. People doing that is nothing new, obviously. No. no. Just amazing, man. Like, that so was the spook- thing to do. Yeah. It really was, dude. I mean, think about it. Small town. You got jack shit, nothing else to do. Why not? Grab yeah, the kids. Definitely. Grab the kids. Let's go look for some, for some weird shit. Why not? Offici- uh, spook light aficionados say aficionados. the best chances for spotting Christ. the light occurred... Occur after dark when parked on Oklahoma East 50 Road, four miles south of the three-star junction. Wait a minute. Oh, three-state junction Wait of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. You mean the mm-hmm. best time to see an anomalous light would be at nighttime? <laughs> just give me a minute. Well, Let me know, just give I me mean, a second to process that. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dick. There are people out there that need that kind of instruction. I... Would totally agree with you. <laughs> okay, uh, look. So you gotta go at night, not daytime. <laughs> night when the sun goes night night. <laughs> so this bye-bye. says the best place to see it is to be in Ottawa County, Oklahoma, looking west. That's what you so said. We yeah, need to be west of where we are, looking west. Not a hell of a lot farther west. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, you're right uh, you there, says boy. You must, yeah, you must sit very silently. The light has been seen in backyards of the area and has been spotted both near to and far away from sightseers. Yeah. Its color is also not consistent. Its color. Uh, 
wait a minute. I, Sherman Williams don't have shit on this. There it is. We really need to make a shirt with that on there with I, like the logo. I'm all about changed it. Changed with the ectoplasm show. All name. about that. <laughs> all about that. All right. If we have a fan out there, Barrett, that's good with logos and you have the time, see if you could put a Sherwin Williams ectoplasm logo together Wouldn't for us and shit? have the quote underneath it. Let me play that quote one more time. Sherman Williams, don't have shit on this. There it is. Don't have shit on this. All right. Its color is also not consistent. Some eyewitnesses report a greenish glow, while others describe it as orange, red, yellow, or even blue. Yeah. It is almost always said to be in the shape of a ball, although some say it more resembles a camping lantern traveling a couple of feet off the ground. All right, some quick explanations for what they think it might be. Explanations for the light's appearance vary widely from the extraordinary to the mundane. The area of Oklahoma in which the light is seen is very hilly and forested, and out of the west of there, the light is seen lies, or yeah, out to the west lies Interstate 44. It has been suggested that the headlights of the cars seen over the hills explain the light's appearance. That's not it. No. (laughs) Which is sometimes said to bop up and down, dance, or even split into multiple globules of light. In William Least Heat Moon's uh, 2008 book, that's his name, William Least Heat Moon's? Hey, man. That's his name. Different strokes (laughs) for different folks. Heat Moon. Heat Moon. Uh, 2008 book, Roads to Quas, the author suggests the lights seen at the end of East 50 are explained perfectly by the fact that the road aligns directly with Route 66 across the interstate, yeah. uh, the River Valley, some 10 miles distance. He also claims the earlier sightings of the light from East 40 Road, one mile to the north, are explained by the earlier alignment of Route 66 to the north. Um... So this guy thinks it's 66. Other explanations for the light's appearance include atmospheric gases being affected by electrical fields. A University of Arkansas professor studied in the late 1960s and suggested it was a fixed or was from a fixed object. Um, oh man! Then they have the other guy that says it's from the highway. Then there's also I know that this is I don't know why this is not listed in here. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, geologists think it might be from the tectonic plates from the, oh, God, what's the name of that? The New Madrid Fault is to oh. the east of there. Right. It's, it's not a very active fault line, but it is one of the most powerful fault lines because of the type of rock it's in. And it's in the middle of a plate, so it could be geological activity causing an electrical action above the ground. I don't know, or electrical man. current. Yeah, could oh, be yeah. ball lightning. It could be. Would ball lightning happen literally inches off the Saint ground? Saint Elmo's though? fire. What? Uh, those are all. It's that's a type of ball lightning. It's. 
I mean, just but we're talking a inches. Floating form of electricity. Yeah, we're talking inches off the ground. Is that possible? possible? Is that possible? It's possible. It's possible, Josh. Just because that's like your fucking tagline there is like no, anything no, is possible. Like this is actually tagline. electricity does some very weird things. Oh yeah, and especially I mean, the type of electricity that even runs through our body and through plants and through nature is yeah. completely different. It's a completely different type of electricity. It's not the same um, scientifically as the electricity we use. For for lights and stuff like right, that. Right, right. So, well, I mean, I've talked to uh, like electricians and things of that nature who have said um, that they have experienced, you know, what we as paranormal investigators would consider uh, an orb. They have seen these, you know, with their with their own eyes, uh, middle of the day, whatever, as you know, just an electrical disturbance. You know, they said this is very common, actually. Um, which I found, you know, fucking fascinating, you know, because I'm like, well, you got a lot of people out there that would see that exact same thing, shit their pants, and claim that the house is haunted. You know, you guys just go about your business like it's old hat. You know, it's amazing to me. I think I'm dying. I've seen one. Actually, I've seen two. I've seen one like that before in my life, like an, what we would consider like an orb. Well, mine didn't... They would be considered orbs, but they were blue. And they were the, bigger. Well, I mean, some I saw, get pretty big in pictures. You yeah, know, for sure. Dust refraction and stuff, but... The one I saw was uh, definitely like a very bright orange. Like a very bright orange. Free-floating, ball, uh, maybe no bigger than a softball. Saw it right out there at Workman's Chapel, right on that tree line there. That just kind of hugs up just a few yards from the chapel. You know what I'm talking about? That, that reminds me. That that yeah. reminds me. We need to do... So next time yeah. you're down here, uh-huh. my friend Bob, yeah. he's a hiking buddy. He's a uh, guy I met off YouTube. My wife was like, you're going to go meet a guy off YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I went and met a crazy guy off YouTube to go hiking <laughs> with. Name Bob. Nice, um, nice. He took me once to this area where he says back in, like, I think maybe he said the 70s, early 80s, that they used to see this orange ball of light huh. going through the woods. And he, yeah. I'm almost positive he himself had seen it. That's impressive. And it's only like 20 minutes from my house. It's actually closer to where we had the conference last year Yeah, yeah. than my house. So huh. I, I completely out. forgot about that until... We drove by it one night. I don't even remember what we were doing. I could bring my hiking boots. Actually, uh, I might have to go buy some hiking boots, but yeah, I'll bring the, those. The, but I'll buy them and I'll bring those. I could tell the way that you said that, <laughs> that you're not very experienced. It's like, ah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you know what the fuck you're talking about. All right. Well, here's the deal. We're going to pause here. We're going to uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. Come on back. Welcome to Paranormal Warehouse. Paranormal Warehouse is the ultimate social media website for paranormal investigators and researchers. Create a profile. Add friends. Upload video, audio, and photographic evidence. Discuss theories and techniques in the forum. 
create a group for your team or find a team to join. Watch, listen, and comment on evidence uploaded by other users. Join today and support Paranormal Unity. It's free. Visit ParanormalWarehouse.com to join. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're waiting for you. Being an a investigator and being at Malvern uh, a couple times, uh, this really jived with a lot of experiences that I've had. What's that? Perception and stuff, just, you don't think of those things. So, very interesting. You're not allowed outside anymore. Watch the A Brush with Evil series, along with other Josh Hurd documentaries. Go to joshhurd.net. You will find books documentary films, and of course, the ectoplasm show, joshherd.net. All right, kids, we're back. Koopsik, did you get a, get a refill there on your, on your brew? I did. Nice. Um, very, very nice. I want to mention a couple things here before we get back into spook lights. One. Go to podbros.com, the best podcast network out there. That's and check right. out all of the bromantic shows on there, <laughs> including the Ectoplasm show. The bromantic shows. Also, I booked the last available spot in the conference today to what? a group of ladies out of Minnesota, I believe it is, called the She Squatchers. Get the fuck out of here. They are an all-female Bigfoot investigative team. Dude. This is outstanding. And we're, I'm sure we'll ha- I'm sure they'll come on the show, too. I haven't talked to them about it yet, but I'm sure they will. Yeah, we gotta get them on the show. That would be awesome. Alright. Super cool. All right, here's a light that was actually investigated on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Called the Paulding Light. Where was this at? It uh, was on Factor Fake. No, uh, the Paulding Light, though. Where is oh, it? Uh... It um, appears in the valley that lies outside of Paulding, Michigan. Michigan. It is also sometimes called the Lights of Paulding or the Dog Meadow Light. Oh. Uh, reports of the light have appeared since the 1960s with popular folklore providing such explanations as ghost geologic activity or swamp gas. Are there a lot of swamps in Michigan? I John, think so. John from, uh, John from um, Pod Bros, if yeah. you are listening, which I'm pretty sure you are, we need to send you out looking for swamps in Michigan. <laughs> Need to uh, send you around Paulding. They need to send you on a uh, little expedition if you don't mind. Yeah, kind sir. Thank he you. He might. I hope he does. That'd be amazing. I want to send him out there with a the camera in the swamps of Michigan. <laughs> Here you go. 
Okay, man, good luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you later. Just throw him uh, in the deep end of paranormal yeah. investigation. That's right. You know what? There's no other way to do it. You dive in feet first. You just do it. That's what you do. Uh, head first, right? Yeah, what? You, you, you just jump Is it in. head first more? I don't like, know, man. How about you just... Uh, you, you're jumping in either way. How about that? All right. <laughs> all right we can argue semantics all day. <laughs> semantics. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so a, in 2010, Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Faked Paranormal Files... Yes. Conducted a paranormal investigation that concluded that the Paulding light was, get this, unexplained. Right, right. Did that show ever explain anything? They explained a lot. I think they I explained thought... some things that weren't paranormal, but did they ever? <laughs> I gotta tell you, man. Like, I think they explained some shit. I, I don't know. So. When I watched that show, I watched the first five minutes when they showed all the videos, and then I turned it off. Really? Yeah. Come I watched on. a couple. I, at the beginning, I watched a couple all the way through. It was kind of nice because they would. But for the most would. part, I just watched the videos and turned it off. No, they would debunk a lot of stuff, especially like um, Bill. No, I was getting more towards the end when I was getting bored yeah. of paranormal shows in general. So I liked the videos, sure, but I didn't sure. really want to watch them investigate. Dude, I tell you what, though. Like, Bill, like, I've done a couple conferences with him or whatever. He is a super cool cat and insanely analytical yeah oh my well, god yeah, i've not seen anything towards any of the people on the show i mean aaron and the other girl are pretty say hot it. say it i knew you were gonna say it oh who was the jael jael that's that's, right. that's the one um the one. anyways you're welcome. I just i by the time that came around i was getting burnt out on shows anyways sure, so sure. that makes sense uh anyways so the Michigan Tech students, uh, oh, Michigan Tech students conducting a scientific investigation of the light in 2010 as well, were able to see automobile headlights and taillights when viewing the light through a telescope. Okay. Uh, they recreated the effect of the light by driving a car through a specific stretch of U.S. Highway 45. Shit. So they were able to produce some kind of an anomalous light by driving through a very specific stretch of road. So this has to be what you were suggesting before with uh, refraction, excuse me. Um, Mm -hmm. It has to be. Well, we're still going to need John to go out there and suit up and verify. Suit up. (laughs) Birthday suit up. (laughs) Oh. We're going to have to figure this out. Uh, In October of 1990, a group of investigators using using telescopic spectroscopic. I was trying to put an H in there for some reason. Spectroscopic and time travel analysis. Fuck me. What the hell is that? They just lost me. Fuck it. they right. also identified the Paulding lights as headlights and tail lights. Did on they really? US forty five. So they even brought time travel analysis. What the hell? I, I want to know, know who the hell this group of investigators is and how how they, they were time analyzing this analysis. Because if they were doing that in the nineties, then I, wouldn't we technically be able to do far better? I wonder if they mean 
the light speed travel and oh. measuring how fast it's going. Then that they need to sense, fucking specify but, that. Because that just made him sound like sure. Doc Brown mean. in a fucking DeLorean. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. It could go either way with this stuff, you know. They're fucking blasting Huey Lewis. Tell me, Doc. Sorry. Fuck. All right. So the one that I mentioned, which I also first heard about on the wonderful show King of the Hill <laughs> coming back around the Marfa Lights yeah the reason they are on King of the Hill yeah is because they are, take place in Texas and I'm pretty sure they do t- call them the Marfa Lights in the show I don't think I have uh, seen this episode but I need to it's um okay so since we've already talked King of the Hill a little bit tonight, and I've already shown how much I know about the show. <laughs> so you know that Dale's son is not really his son; his John Redcorn's son. Correct. Obviously, it's pretty pretty apparent. <laughs> yeah, pretty apparent. But in uh, this yeah. episode, Dale gets convinced <laughs> because he was out researching the Marfa lights when oh. his son was conceived. Oh. That it was because of the Marfa lights. And his son was an alien. So he travels back out there to try to get some answers from the aliens. Naturally. Got a few questions. Hot damn it. Got a few questions. And there's a real touching moment where, you know, Joseph, his son, says, I don't care if I'm an alien, Dad. You're my real dad. Something to that effect. (laughs) Joseph. You know, I've been oh, wanting to man. make um, a short, like, 15, 20, 30-minute documentary on the um, hidden meanings and philosophies of King of the Hill. Dude. Oh, my God. Dude. That would be phenomenal. I've been thinking about it for a few years now, and I just haven't gotten around to even writing anything down for it yet. Why don't you just yet, come, but... come up here, move in with me for a week use my shit and just do it just do it I'm gonna take that as yeah, a we'll maybe talk about no that I'm gonna take that as a maybe <laughs> I'm thinking about it I mean I could probably do most of it from here too but yeah but that I don't have to that's be there roommate that's there weekend. but you'd be there not here you'd still be there yeah you just want... I know what it is. You want to try to pull the PBR box in front of your junk yeah. gag on me. Yeah. Like you did your wife last night. Yeah. <laughs> What's in the box? Don't you worry about it. <laughs> You're going to have to uh, reach in, reach into the cookie jar. Find out. That's a little inside joke for everybody listening. They won't get it. Anyways. Yeah, we should post that picture, though. <laughs> we should just do that. <laughs> Oh my god. This is great. You no I don't want to see it, of course. See what? But you should just recreate that post <laughs> that picture. I will do and that. And post it. I will gladly do that. Alright, alright, alright. Back to the Marfa lights. The Marfa lights, also known as the Marfa Ghost Lights, has been observed near US Route 67, 67 on Mitchell Flat east of Marfa, Texas, in the United States. They have gained some fame as onlookers have 
ascribe them to paranormal phenomenon such as ghosts, UFOs, or will-o'-the-wisps, etc. Yeah. However, scientific research suggests that most, if not all, are atmospheric reflections of automobile That's headlights science, and campfires. God. <laughs> I've been posting flat earth stuff all week. I saw it. Random science. And bitches. people are quoting Dude. me in the comments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's science, bitches. I saw I saw that for sure. <laughs> oh man. Anyways. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure that's how the dinosaurs really did die. And if people want to so. know, listeners that aren't on our Facebook page want to know how the dinosaurs really died, go to our Facebook page, like it, and look at one of the most recent pictures, and you will find out how the dinosaurs actually died. Or why they're not on the planet anymore. They might still be alive. You think so? Maybe. Just because they're not on the planet doesn't mean they're dead. It was uh, pretty fun. Lots of fun. Oh, my God, buddy. All right, so the Marfa lights. Um, Judy, uh, Robert and Judy Waggers, or Wait Wagers. <laughs> Maybe it's German. It's the Vagers. The Vagers. Uh, <laughs> the Vagers. Vagers. Uh, that sounded more Irish. This is my fox. Anyways. This is my Volkswagen. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they define them as the classic Marfa lights as being seen south, southwest of the Marfa lights viewing center. There's a Marfa lights viewing center? We're going. Road trip. Oh, we got so many trips. Road trip. I bet Hysteria 51 will go with us on that. Dude. That has to happen. You know, also, it's in Texas. We got Huke and Mysterious Boom and Shaggy and his crew in Texas already. This could be the most epic goddamn podcast in the history of ever. There, I said it. All right, Brent. We're calling you all out. Brent you need to get a hold of me. I'm actually going to be... Yeah, I know. On You're a dick. Hysteria 51 in July. On. Well, I don't know when it's going to come out, but I'm going to record it in July, and I'm planning on taking the train up and being in studio with Mis- uh, uh, Conspiracy Bot. I almost said Mysterious Bot. And though we are talking about the Yeti, yeah. I yeah. am a conspiracy master, so... I'm calling out Conspiracy Bot Ooh. on a duel of the minds. Dude, Conspiracy Bot is my favorite. Like, if you guys haven't listened to Hysteria 51's podcast, sweet baby Jesus, you gotta do it. The Oh my goodness. It's, it's just great. It's great. The back and forth between, between those gentlemen. It's very good stuff. Very, very good stuff. We need to do this. This has to happen. Anyway, continue on with the story. I'm sorry. I digress. All right, so the Marfa light. So we've they got, do all we've fucking the started same kind of things four, that other lights four do. Different so for these, now. what? We've started what? this four different times now with the Marfa <laughs> lights. They, um, they, uh, they go higher in the air 
often than most of the other spook lights. Is uh, one of the differences between these and the other ones. So they were first seen in July 1957. Do they begin? Is when they were first published about. Do they begin higher up in the air? Like when they're basically coming into existence here, basically. Like once they're being able to, to be seen. So there's a lot of different ones. There's uh, okay. You might just see mysterious orbs of light suddenly appear above de- desert foliage. Uh, these balls of light may remain stationary as they pulse on and off with intensity varying from dim to almost blinding brilliance. Then again, these ghostly lights may dart across the desert or wow. perform splits and merges. Huh. Uh, mergers. Uh, light colors are usually yellow, orange, but other hues, including green, blue, and red, yeah. are also seen. Um, they fly above desert vegetation, but below ground background mesas. So, when I meant, I I I could have sworn I read somewhere that they dart up into the sky from time to time. According yeah. to this, they are lower than the background mountains. Okay. But they're definitely off the ground. I think when I picture these lights from what I've read over the years, yeah. they they do go higher in the air. That doesn't mean they go super high, though. I was going to say, like, higher as in, like, 10 feet, 30 feet. Like, it's weird. I don't know. I'd have to touch up on them again. Yeah, I'm interested in this. Because I thought... But I, this is one of the ones... One of the spook lights that is probably... So, like, the Joplin spook light is generally thought, theorized to be, like, a ghost, like a lantern carrying, or a ghost carrying a lantern, or uh, a headlight from an old car that crashed, or something like that. It has to do with the Native Americans. It has to do with something ghostly. That's why it's called the spook light. The Marfa lights has always been more generally theorized to be something UFO-related. Okay. So even though it's the same type of light, it's for some reason been generalized more UFO rather than um, ghostly. Wow. Okay, so here's a few scientific studies. Oh, it was first seen in 1883 by a cowboy, Robert Reed Ellison. Okay. Oh, he was the first person to ever write down in his journal about it. He would be out there herding cattle and would see it. Gotcha. So that would, I mean, that could be campfires, of course, but that would rule out the cars. Right, right. Um, He, well, they're kind of jumping around. There's one person... Has witnessed it more than 34 times from 19... Um, I'm sorry, this article's jumping around. Apparently there's monitoring stations out there that That's what continually I'm monitor and look for. We these. need to do a live broadcast and podcast from that... Right there, from that like observatory, whatever you want to fucking call it, like that's where we need to be when this is going down. Says he generally identifies nine to ten Marfa lights 
over the course of six nights per year. Shit. So it's not very so it's not... regular for this guy. Can you imagine so some of the all signs... of us crazy song bitches sauntering up in there? We could probably make some shit happen. I bet. I guarantee it. So some of the scientific studies of the Marfa lights. Uh, there was a spectroscopic analysis done for 20 nights in May of 2008. Okay. Scientists from Texas State University used spectro- spectroscopic equipment to observe lights from the Marfa lights viewing station. They recorded a number of lights that, quote, could have been mistaken for lights of unknown origins, but in each case, the movement of the lights and the data from their equipment could be easily explained as automobile headlights or small fires. How many fires are people having out there? That's what I want to know. Um, there's another one. Society of Physics Students Investigation in May. Okay. Of 2004, a group from the Society of Physics Students at the University of Texas at Dallas spent four days investigating and recording lights observed southwest of the viewing park. Using traffic volume monitoring equipment, video cameras, binoculars, and chase cars, their reports made the following conclusions. U.S. Highway 67 is visible from the Marfa Lights viewing location. The frequency of lights southwest of the par- view park co- correlates with the frequency of vehicles traffic, vehicle traffic on U.S. 67. The okay. motion of the observed lights was in straight line ac- corresponding to U.S. 67. When the group parked a vehicle on U.S. 67 and flashed its headlights... This was visible at the view park and appeared to be a Marfa light. A car passing the parked vehicle appeared as one Marfa light passing into or passing another at the view park. They came to the conclusion that all of the lights observed over a four-night period southwest of the park could be reliably attributed to automobile headlights traveling along US-67. It says a 1965 investigation of the spook light in Missouri reached a similar conclusion. So, well, everything in here, they think it's car lights. But, I right. mean, if these things aren't traveling in straight lines at times, yeah, a lot of them could be car lights. But, sure. especially if this goes back to 18-whatever... just I don't know man I just don't know like I could see it I guess there is an army airfield out there really like how, um, how close Brian, a skeptic Brian Dooning, Dunning notes that the designated view park for the lights a roadside park on the south side of Route 90 US Route 90 about 9 miles east of Marfa is located at the site oh okay it used to be Marfa Army Airfield where tens of thousands of personnel were stationed between 1942 and 1947 training American and Allied pilots the massive field was then used for years as a regional airport with daily airline service uh, between Marfa 
AAF and its satellite fields, each constantly patrolled by sentries. They considered it unlikely that any unusual phenomenon would have remained unobserved and unmentioned. So he's stating part of the reason he's super skeptical is because none of this stuff was happening or reported by airmen or people on the ground there when it was an Air Force base. Uh, According to Dunning, the dominant explanation is that the lights are a sort of mirage caused by a sharp temperature gradients between cold and warm layers of air. Marfa is located at an altitude of 4,688 feet above sea level and temperatures differentials of 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit between high and low temperatures are quite common. It's amazing. I'm guessing he's talking about the reflection of light yeah. with the temperature. Yeah. It's amazing. We need to look into this more. Because I dig it. I like it a lot. Hey, buddy. Yeah, sorry. I was letting David know that I was still recording. Sexy. So there's a few others I'm going to mention real quick, and then we'll get into one last one that yeah. I need to talk about. Um, <clears throat> so there's one in St. Louis it's called the St. Louis Light or the St. Louis Ghost Train. We should send three girls in the dark to go check this out. True that. Um, oh, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> this is in St. Louis, Saskatchewan, Canada. Not St. <laughs> Louis. Missouri. Road trip. <laughs> Um, So this was on Unsolved Mysteries. With Robert Stack? It doesn't say in here um, when it was on Unsolved Mysteries. Mm, So it's basically... Looks like a train light. um, Or a lantern of a train conductor. Okay. Says two 12th grade students from La Range... Northern Saskatchewan won science fair gold medals for investigating and eventually duplicating the phenomenon, which they determined to be caused by the diffraction of distant vehicle lights. However, the light has been reported before the advent of cars. In addition, other lights have been photographed near St. Louis light, ones that are unlikely to come from cars as they appear in the trees. All right. So, next one is the Hestelin lights. The Hestelin lights are unexplained nocturnal lights observed over a 7.5-mile-long Hesdenal Valley in rural central Norway. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, First appeared and reported in the late 1930s. Uh, especially high activity occurred between December 1981 and mid 1984, which period, or in which the period the lights were being observed 15 to 20 times per week. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Now, yeah, now there's only 10 to 20 sightings made yearly. Really? Since 1983, there has been ongoing scientific research referred to as Project Hestelin. Initiated by UFO Norge and UFO Sweden, the project was active as field investigations during 1983-1985. A group of students, engineers, and journalists collaborated as the Triangle Project in 1987-1998. Nice. 
Um, they Love. still have groups that go out there all the time doing research. Shit, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, this one they they kind of think that what it might be is swamp gas of sorts. Of course, they give all of these really complex scientific um, jargon based. Like if this thing's like a page and a half long, adjust of why it's why it's swamp yeah. gas. I'm not going to read through it. Um, Sons of bitches. So there's that one. <laughs> so there's that. The Gurdon Light. The Gurdon Light is a mystery light located near railroad tracks in a wooded area of Gurdon, Arkansas. So this isn't. Well, I mean, I don't know where Gurdon is, but it's still close to the same. Uh, it's close to the spook light there in Joplin. Sure. Um, this location is still in use by the railroad and is one of the most popular Halloween attractions in the area. Really. It has been described various colors ranging from blue, green, or white to orange and has been described yeah. as bobbing around. It sounds a lot like the spook light. It does. Um, yes, according to folklore, the light originates from a lantern or a railroad worker who was killed when he fell into the path of a train. The legend states the man's head was separated from his body and was never found and the light that people see comes from the lantern as they searches for his head or bastard uh causes they think that it's coming from passing cars some believe it is caused by piezoelectricity from the constant stress the area underground quartz crystals are under so apparently this area sits above large amounts of quartz crystals and the new madrid fault line huh now, have you ever heard of the brown mountain lights? Maybe. So this one was actually referenced on the X-Files. Okay. As well as uh, there's a bluegrass song. We'll get into that here in a minute. So uh, the brown mountain lights are a series of ghost lights reported near Brown Mountain in North Carolina. Yeah. The lights can be seen from the Blue Ridge Parkway at milepost 310. And 301, those are both overlooks, and from the Brown Mountain Overlook on North Carolina Highway 181. Additionally, good sightings of the lights have been reported from the top of Table Rock outside of Morganton, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, one of the best vantage points, Wiseman's View, is about four miles from Lynn Falls, North Carolina. So this has lots of viewing areas. It's amazing. Uh, there's also the Brown Mountain Overlook on North Carolina Highway 181. Maybe check this shit out. Uh, it's been recently approved with the help of the city of Morgantown for the purpose of attracting those to visit the area to see the lights. Yeah. The best time of the year to see them is reportedly September through November. Uh, the first account that they've been able to find of this is 1913, so well... Well, well before, well, not well before cars, but probably Still, well before there was any roads in that area. Plus, right. I believe they see them all over the mountain, not necessarily where there are roads. Wow. Uh, they did a formal U.S. geological survey study began in 1922, which determined that witnesses 
had misidentified automobile or train lights, fires, or mundane stationary <laughs> lights. However, according to a marker on the Blue Ridge Parkway, a massive flood struck the area soon after the completion of the USGS study. All electrical power was lost, and trains were inoperative for a period of time thereafter. Several automobile wow. bridges were also washed out. The brown mountain lights, however, continued to appear during that time. Interesting. I like um, this shit. Okay, so uh, popular culture. The lights are the inspiration for the bluegrass song, Scotty Wiseman's Brown Mountain Lights, later performed by the Hillman. Um, and also the Kingston Trio. We'll have to look up that song. Yeah. Uh, in the version of <clears throat> the song, they're carried by a faithful old slave come back from the grave. Yes. Who was searching for his lost master. What's the name of the uh, song? The song the song was also recorded by the progressive bluegrass band Acoustic Syndicate and performed by Yonder Mountain String Band. What's the, the name, name of the, of the uh... song is The Brown Mountain Light. Okay. There it is. The it says the song was also performed and recorded by Sonny James, Roy Orbison, Tommy yeah. Fail, and Tony Rice. Like everybody and their dog has uh has done this tune. In the hills of North Carolina, since the time of the early settlers, a strange light has been witnessed near the top of Brown Mountain. <laughs> to this day, no one can explain the mystery of the Brown Mountain light. Wow, dude. I like it. There you have it. Good stuff. Uh, So it was also featured in the 1990 episode Field Trip of the paranormal drama show The X-Files. Centered around a mysterious case of missing hikers that were found dead in the vicinity of Brown Mountain of North Carolina. The show mentions the Brown Mountain Lights. The show's main character, Fox Mulder, believed it was due to UFOs. Uh, It was featured in an episode of Weird or What? Aliens or Ancient Aliens and Mystery Hunters. Yeah. Uh, It was described as the basis for the 2014 feature film Alien Abduction. I don't remember that. Um, The Mountain and the Lights are featured in Speaking in Bones by Kathy Reich. I'm not sure who that is. I guess it's an author. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's an author. Uh, well, it doesn't say. So I have one more. Yeah. This one is in Australia. And we have a listener in Australia named Bruce. So I told her we were talking about this, so I better mention him. Hell yeah. Uh, it's called the Men Men Lights. M-I-N-M-I-N Light. Okay. Um, Men Men is an unusual light phenomenon that has been reported in outback Australia uh, the name Minmin derives from the small settlement of Minmin, located between the outback towns of Bulia and Winton, 
where the light was observed by a stockman in 1918. Stories of the lights can be found in Aboriginal myths predating European settlements yeah. and have been uh, have since become part of wider Australian folklore. Uh, indigenous Australians hold that the number of sightings has increased alongside the increasing ingression of Europeans into the outback. Uh, According to folklore, the lights somehow follow or approach people and have disappeared, sometimes very rapidly when fired upon, only a repeat a reappear later on. So if you shoot at them, they disappear and then they'll reappear. But then they're coming right back. Huh. Apparently. So there's a first recorded sighting. Yeah. Dates back to eighteen thirty eight in a book called Six Months in South Australia. What? That's almost two hundred years ago. Wow. That's impressive, Um, dude. This uh, the reports of the phenomenon are widespread throughout all of Australia. The lights have been reported as far south of as uh, Brewarina in southern or sorry western New South Wales to as far north as Bulia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of this right. Uh, in northern Queensland, the majority of the sightings are reported to have occurred in channel country wow another district where min min lights are often reported is yunta south australia which is centered within a low-lying basin known for recording extreme cold Uh, appearance Uh, accounts of the light appearance vary though they are most commonly described as being fuzzy disc-shaped lights that appear to hover just above the horizon, they are often described as being white. Though some accounts describe them as changing color from white to red to green and back again. Some accounts describe them as being dim, while others describe them as being bright enough to illuminate the ground under them and to cause nearby objects to throw clearly defined shadows. Yeah. Some witnesses describe the light as being or appearing to approach them several times before retreating. Other reports the lights are able to keep pace with them when they were in a moving motor vehicle. Uh, neuroscientist Jack Pettigrew has suggested that the Min Min light is a form of Fata Morgana. Um, so Fata Morgana is basically a haze. So You've seen the pictures of like ships on the ocean, and yeah. there's a, like a mirage that shows the ship upside down right above it. I've seen those. Or where a car appears to float over the yeah, road, yeah. and it looks like there's space in between the car and the ground because right. of the heat. That's a Fata Morgana. Gotcha. Uh, the, there <clears throat> remains debate over whether it is a real phenomenon. I, I didn't. Wow. I don't know if they're talking about the Min Min light or the Fata Morgana. Yeah. Okay, so other things are optical illusions and piezoelectrics of luminescent animals. 
So one huh. of the thoughts is that the energy and electricity within the body of animals might be sparking these things off. That's interesting. Uh, it says if anyone chases the light and catches it, they will never return. Ooh. Uh, bioluminescence, geophysical lights, and are all possible yeah, things. Yeah, I'm like, that's a very real thing. This stuff fascinates me, brother. Like, so, it absolutely fascinates me. Not a lot of people, well, I, I don't know this for a fact, but for a long time when I was younger, yeah, I never realized the size of Australia. It looks smaller on the map than the United Dude. States, but really... Is close to the same size and width. So I used to think that it was easy to drive around the country or whatnot. Oh, no. Dude, you're flying. But it takes a lot more travel. Yeah, I've never been flying. to Australia. I've never been either. I just know, yeah. It's uh, it's big. Definitely big. But anyways, I don't know how close any of that is to our listener, Ruth, but maybe she can check that out. Now, I did want to mention that she's she lives on the 17th floor of a building, and she I've seen some of her pictures out the window, and they look over this big city and massive area. And she was asking me what I thought a good camera would be to set up to see if she could catch things in the sky, and yeah. I thought maybe you might be able to give her a good answer on that. Mm. Mm. Or at least the type of camera to go with. As far as like taking a wide angle shot of the sky? Something that can record during the day and during the night. So if well, you, It doesn't have to be night shot necessarily. No, just something that could pick up lights in the sky. Um, damn, man. If you were to get a high quality DVR type home security is what a lot of people are going to say. Um, type of camera. That way it can sit outside. It's weatherproof. It's all that shit, but it could still shoot. Um, you well, it doesn't get have some... to be outside because it was, she just put it in her room and behind her windows. Right. I'm just saying if you want a wider angle of the sky itself, then that's what I would do. I would go with that for sure because then what can happen is yeah, you don't necessarily need the night shot or anything like that. However, it would help. So I would say, because what happens then is there's a sensor on there. Now, obviously, if there's enough light pouring through, it's just going to be a regular camera shot. Now, once that light goes away, then the infrared instantaneously kicks on. Everything is still recording at the same time. And it will record for usually a week, sometimes two weeks solid uh, before... You know, it's recording over recording, itself. Yeah, recording over itself. So they make uh, single ones that you can hook up yeah. to a desktop or a laptop as well. Yeah. So. And what's really cool is most of them nowadays, too, you can uh, literally just open up your phone and check and see what's going on. It's kind of cool. It's pretty amazing. Oh, the world we live in, huh, fun? Huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I tell you what, guys, we're going to let you go. And uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, uh, leave us a voicemail, a text message, please do so. The number is 913-730-7255. Shoot Jason a uh, nice pick. And uh, if you guys have ever experienced any of these uh, 
these uh, so-called spook lights. We want to hear it. We want to hear that story for sure. So John, reach out to us. We want you to go to the swamps of Michigan. That's what's up. That's what's up. He's got to do it. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hell yeah. He's got to. <laughs> Love it. All right, guys. Well, I tell you what. You have a good... Hey, hey, hey. Hey, it's for horses. Dude, you are... You have to listen to a song because most of them have rating and review capabilities now. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to say all of that again because you were like some garbled something. I don't know what's going on. Rate and review us on iTunes. There it is. <laughs> or whatever app you happen to listen to. Yeah. Now, if you want to, it's not very hard to actually, if you don't listen to us on iTunes, it's very easy to still leave us a rating and review, and it's free. Just go in and download iTunes to your laptop or desktop. It doesn't have to be an Apple or Mac product. No. Um, go in, make a free account. All you guys do is sign up a free account, use a throwaway email address. Go in, leave us a rating and review, and if you're never going to use iTunes again, just delete it off your computer. That's what I would do. That's what you do. That's what's up. Oh, my goodness. Also, follow us on Instagram, all the other social medias. Uh, including Snapchat. What up? Yeah, I think I'm Josh Heard 1981 on Snapchat. I'm JKUPZYK82. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I tell you what, you guys have a phenomenal weekend, and we will be talking to you on Tuesday morning with the Paranormal News episode. Peace out.